You're always Julian on the brown notes and a couple of mini reflections on the election. Well, Mark McGowan has gone uh, Australia-wide with his attack on Peter Dutton. Uh, the WA Premier, WA shut out the Liberals pretty much, uh, took aim at former Defence Minister and potential new Liberal leader Peter Dutton, calling him an extremist in terms of his conservatism and saying, I actually don't think he's that smart. Now, this is a story that has been replayed over and over again throughout the news media. It isn't what he said. He said that was 5% of what he said. Now, if there's one reason for my YouTube channel or this show on the radio existing, it is um, to try and balance out how bad I think Australian news media is. I've done enormous amounts of videos on it, including some of the uh, earliest ones. Mark McGowan didn't attack Peter Dutton very much at all. He attacked the media. Uh, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan, and this is in The Guardian, uh, thank you, uh, actually focusing on this, Josh Butler, has launched a blistering attack on, a, on uh, members of the Federal Press Gallery who followed Anthony Albanese's election campaign, accusing them of reporting lies as well as bullying uh, at press conferences, McGowan, who joined Albanese for several media events in Perth during the six-week campaign, said he was shocked and appalled by some in Canberra who attracted ongoing criticism from Labour supporters and veteran journalists for interjections and combative questioning. You've got innumerable veteran journalists from the ABC attacking the ABC's coverage, including on election night and including in the days after. Even one, Barry Cassidy, telling them, it's okay, guys, you're not under threat now because of the um, relentlessly skewed perfor uh, performance they've been giving. Screaming and interrupting and rude and insulting, intimidating and bullying, McGowan said at his own press conference in Perth. Slightly more barbarous than his comments on Peter Dutton, yet hardly making any headline at all. The sort of thing in a workplace you get sacked for. The need to reflect on their behaviour, I've never seen anything like it. Um, Labour supporters were critical of what they call gotcha questions to Albanese about the unemployed rate and Labour's NDIS, which led to well-documented stumbles and then opposition leader failed to immediately answer questions correctly. Um, some of the nonsense that's gone on from some journalists thinking the campaign was about them and gotcha moments is one of the things that puts people off of politics, said Albanese. In an ABC Melbourne interview that same day, Albanese said some of the campaign, frankly, has been for some of the journalists, dare I say it, more about them than information. McGowan joined Albanese for one particularly robust media opportunity at a factory in Perth on the last weekend of the campaign where the Labour leader came under repeated and loud questioning over his party's costings. Feeling Albanese was avoiding questions, journalists con constantly interjected before the opposition leader had a chance to answer, and he ended the press conference after only a handful of questions. Several reporters followed Albanese out of the area, voicing further questions. McGowan, left standing on the podium by himself, called the media behaviour madness. He said Anthony is trying to answer a question and they're basically talking over the top of him, being rude, muttering and in, being insulting. 
He also hit out at subsequent reporting Albanese had fled the press conference, calling it lies. News Corp papers splashed the incident on the front pages under a large headline including the title Flea Circus. Towards the end of the campaign, and I have absolute respect for Anthony Albanese for doing this, he adopted a new press conference rule of ignoring questions from the loudest journalists, irritating some. Um, so this is part and parcel of what's gone on. If you're a Labour person, um, you would have noticed how these gotcha moments and how these journalists have been so keen to gang up on um, uh, Albanese in a manner that has not benefited Australia at all in representing the truth. And I'm talking even about the ABC. And we all know it. We all saw it. Some of that stuff like uh, front covers where Albanese is painted as fleeing a press conference where they wouldn't even let him answer a question can have a real impact on an election, on the manner a candidate is perceived by the electorate. This is bad stuff. Um, we need a reset in Australian news media. We shouldn't have such a narrow media ship ownership in Australia where there's basically one side is Peter Costello's Channel 9 News, Sydney Morning Herald, and the other's the Murdoch Press. And then you've got the ABC being hammered so hard, they've ended up with a group of people that are... Well, one was even taken off air for Labour having this like hit list of Labour on Twitter, calling them obscene names. Um, this is a really bad thing about Australian news media. I've mentioned at length about how concentrated the ownership is. It isn't fair that we have, you know, every major channel TV station, every major talkback station and every major masthead in some way beholden to the Liberal Party. It hasn't served us well. So I'm hoping there will be, I mean, Kevin Rudd's been screaming for a Murdoch Royal Commission. I don't think anything that Rupert Murdoch has done over the last four decades has benefited America, Britain or Australia. I don't think anyone would say that it had. Public broadcasting was our last refuge of actually non-biased reporting and um, they've eroded it so much that the BBC is just a laughing stock in the UK. And the ABC seemed to be a lot stronger for a long time, but unending cutbacks, who, you know, choosing who is the, the leader of the board and who gets picked for certain roles. I'm just hoping for a big media reset because it's not good. Um, and the other really interesting story about the Australian news media is um, the wackier side, the Sky News at Night people. The uh, attempt to foxify the Australian news media by Rupert Murdoch, which has failed dramatically, uh, given that they get about 10,000 viewers. With you know Andrew Bolt, Alan Jones at one point, Rowan Dean, uh, all these people have just been going apoplectic. Now, what's really interesting here is they always come out, Peter, Peter Credlin, always come out and say that liberals lost because they were too far left. No one on the left thinks that Scott Morrison's government was too far left. Where are you getting this, you numpties? But there is a reason. And the reason is this. None of these right-wing whack jobs that uh, populate Sky News at night or the um, more nefarious columns in the Daily Telegraph can say anything else. Because if they do, they're admitting... <laughs> that they were responsible for the Liberal Party's defeat. 
We all know that the Liberal Party got back in after term, uh, sorry, um, Tony Abbott went too far right. They put in a kind of gentle liberal with Malcolm Turnbull, who is far closer to being a true liberal than any of these extremists. And he won. And then Scott Morrison changed himself from being, you know, Voldemort light into a more friendly daggy dad version of himself. They lost because they were too far right. But Sky News at night can't say that because it's admitting guilt. And the other thing it will be admitting for them is they believe that they represent the populist masses. Well, given how shut out One Nation and uh, the Clive Palmer's United Australia Party have been with winning no seats, um, I would suggest it would also reveal that the people on Sky News at night don't represent very many people at all. And we've seen that with the um, complete failure at the ballot box of anyone connected with the anti-lockdown, anti-vax movement and the enormous success of Labour in Dan Andrews' heartland. So they can do nothing else. They can't admit that it was them that was wrong. Surely it's the kids.